Welcome to Stoked with Megan McPhail, the podcast that helps you get super effing jazzed about your work, life, and bank account. I'm your host, Megan McPhail, a former burnt out emergency veterinarian that quit my hard-earned career to become a seven-figure business coach, entrepreneur, and elopement photographer. Now I'm living a life I absolutely love, full of travel, adventure, and financial abundance, and I am hell-bent on inspiring others to do the same. Are you ready to say goodbye to the 9-to-5 grind and start going after some big, bold dreams? Then let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, hey, it's your host, Megan McPhail, and today I have a super special guest with me. He was the photographer that photographed mine and Todd's elopement in Alaska back in September. His name is Henry Tu. He is a former nurse turned wedding and elopement photographer based out of Seattle. He's an educator. And if you are a photographer in this wedding and and elopement industry, you know who he is because you're basically like famous amongst us photographers, Henry. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm like blushing with all this light on me and I'm so blushing. (laughs) It's true though. You know, we all love you. And one of the reasons why we love you so much is that you are just such a cool person that we can relate to. And also you're, I mean, the photos that you take are breathtaking just on their own, but also like the story that they tell throughout the day that you have with your couples. And I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today because we're going to talk about storytelling. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on the yeah. podcast. I remember like listening to your podcast, even on the drive to your elopement. You and Todd uh, were in your cabin and I make that drive all the way from Anchorage. Yeah. And that was like, what, like two hours. And each of these episodes are so nice because they're not like, you know, some of the podcasts out there are like hours mm-hmm. long. And some of these episodes are 15 minutes, like 30 minutes. So I'm like just cranking it out and just keep listening. And I, I have so much fun. I learned so much from listening to the podcast and I'm so excited to actually like photograph your elopement and now being here on the podcast and talk about just fun stuff. Yes. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. I'm so happy you are here too. So how do you want to get started with talking about storytelling? Yeah, I think the one thing that I keep hearing from photographers and not just elopement photographers, but also like wedding photographers is that how do you find joy after you photograph at certain places for so many times. A wedding photographer, they might photograph this venue. And, you know, with the world of SEO and what we do now is uh, the more experience we have at some place and we make more blog posts about it and we've talked more about it, we get more bookings out of it. Mm-hmm. So next thing you know, so many of us choose this career because we want to do something different and not be stuck in an office, nine to five, doing the exact same thing over and over and over again. And now we're here, might feel like we're doing something over and over and over again. And then I think that's when creativity can feel like such a burden, like you feel like you're just kind of lost or stifled. Yeah, just another day. It just at the same place, like, how do I even do something that's meaningful to me being uh, an artist and also meaningful to the couple having the most exciting day of their life and I should feel excited and not feeling like, oh, it's just another day and I'm just doing the exact same thing. And I think that's when storytelling really come to life for me because really the only thing that can really distinguish this wedding to another wedding, this couple to another couple is 
their story. And I think us as artists, as wedding photographers, our jobs are just so different from the other kind of art in the artistry world. For example, if you are a painter, you paint what you want, and then whoever can come and buy that painting, great. Like that's my original piece. That's how I feel it should be interpreted, and that's how I paint it. If you're a songwriter, like you take the story from your life, you write that song. But us wedding photographers, we can't just create something out of nothing. It, it's almost like we have to get our inspiration or source of inspiration from somewhere. And I think that's the story. That's the couple. Those are the thing that can make me go to Yosemite, photograph the exact same spot that everybody else is doing but somehow those photos mean something to me and hopefully mean something to the couple and i think that's why i i love storytelling so much that's so smart i just had like this light bulb moment because so many photographers they scroll pinterest and instagram looking at other photographers work for inspiration when really they should be turning towards their couples for that inspiration 100%. and like you know learning the story of the couples and how they act together and how they got together and what they like to do and what their pets names are and where they live and just like their Enneagram number, like whatever you can learn from them that can like create this inspiration for you instead of looking at what other people are doing and like poses or like how some other person photographed that landscape or something like that. Like you can actually kind of like stop looking at those things and just converse with your couples and like make that as part of your workflow to really tell their story. I think that's so smart. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's the one thing I noticed too, is back when I first started photographing elopement, when elopement was so new, right? Like back then, if you call yourself an elopement photographer, that's a niche on its own already that you are doing something so, so different that this is so unheard of. The minute you go out and take photo in some beautiful landscape. Your photos, for example, on Instagram, Pinterest can be like, wow, I've never seen anything like this before. But now, today, this year, when you look up elopement photographer, everybody is an elopement photographer. So then if you want to see something so unique and different from your art, you know, like, how can you be when it's so easy that I can look up on Google how to get to Yosemite and I could be there. And at that exact same spot, someone make a blog post about what sunset time or sunrise time, when should we photograph here? And so if you show up to the same place doing the exact same thing, I think the photos would become just like anybody else's photos. And then if that's the case, you're not really niche down anymore. Like what, what exactly in your art is different yeah. at this point? And I think telling a unique story is not just for the couple at this point anymore, but also it's just establish your own brand. Like your brand is a storyteller and how you tell that story is your touch of the artist into the final product. Just like a chef, like how they follow a recipe, but they make that recipe their own is their, their signature touch into like how to make their food taste different. Yes. And like, that's just such a good point because I think so many people see what other elopement photographers are doing and then they want to kind of like emulate that. I don't want to say copy, but kind of like use that as their inspiration or almost like be that. And then they aren't infusing their own personality or uniqueness or quirks or any of that into their business. So they're just another 
photographer getting the same exact shot in the same place. So like, how do you get yourself to stand out? Because you need to be able to do that in order to not only get bookings and inquiries, but also be able to raise your prices and like make a living doing this. You have to have that special ingredient. So like, how do you practice that? Like, does it really just take time and practice and a lot of photographing? Or is there something else you can like help guide us to doing that? Yeah, I think to start telling stories, I think you have to know your own story, like who you are as a person first, because I think your upbringing, your life experiences, all of those things sort of shape the way you view life and the way that you view how life should be, right? And I think that's quite important in this world of noise, of noise from TikToks, from reels of people telling people how they should live. Or I, I remember there was like a month where everything I saw was like, I might be broke in my 20s, but I would never be able to experience Paris like this ever again. Yeah. And it's just basically telling people, and then, you know, and then people are just like, okay, I guess I have to go to Paris. I guess I have to do this and that. And I, and I think these trends do change a lot. And as someone who, you know, us artists are so vulnerable in so many ways because we, something about artists that we just listen to the world because that's how we absorb the world and how we perceive and express ourselves. And so when we are not so sure about how we are, we tend to follow traps of like, this is the trend this month, I'm going to do this. This is the trend next month, I'm going to do that everybody's doing slow shirter, I need to do slow shirter. Everybody's doing lantern photos, I need to do lantern photos. So you can see how all of that started like happening. But I think I'm a quite introvert person. And for my personality, when I learned the most is when I truly listen to a story, like just read a book or sometimes I listen to audio books just because I do a lot of driving. And I just let myself be in that moment and just detach myself from the world. It takes a lot of me just sitting there and introspect and just think about like, where, who the hell am I? Like, where did I come from? Why do I feel this way? Why does a certain song make me cry? But another song just as sad doesn't make me cry. You know, so yeah. those are the things that I really want to explore and just learn about myself. And so there's this quote from Steve Jobs, and not a, I'm not a tech fanboy, but I have to quote him. This was his commencement speech for Stanford in 2005. And he basically shared the story of how he was at Apple. And then at some point, he had to depart Apple and work for Pixar. And that's where he learned storytelling from Pixar. And it sort of changed the way that he looked at advertisement, at marketing, and how when you sell a product, it's not just the product itself, but what can this product do for people? So when you sell elopement photos and wedding photos, it's not about how many photos that you can give people and and whatnot, but how do these photos mean to these people who perceive it? Because good art is by perception, is whoever, if they, people can see themselves in the art, th- this is good art. Yeah. And so basically, as by the time he go back and work at Apple again, he just brought all of these new things that he learned. And but throughout all of that happened, there was a lot of emotional roller coaster about like, oh, this company that I started, I no longer work with them, you know, that life journey, the emotion that come with it. So he basically uh, was sharing that when you go through life, you just can't connect the dots looking 
forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. You just have to trust that all these dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, your destiny, life, karma, whatever. This approach has never let me down. He said this. This has made all the difference in my life. And so I think you know, in a way, like your story, Megan, you started in healthcare in your life journey of how you have gotten there, and then how you quit your job and you pursue your career. All of those dots shape who you are, just like mine, in a way. How. I came to United States when I was 15, all by myself, living with American host family, and say goodbye to my parents, and we can only connect on the phone. And back then, it's not like FaceTime now because everything costs money, so you have to use one of those phone cards. And so I basically can only call family twice a month. Living on my own, starting life quite young in college, I have to work, you know, two part-time jobs in order to support me through nursing school, and then from nursing school to see the kind of Death and life loss in the cardiac ICU is sort of shaped me into today of how I look at moments in life of how I look at the, it's such a cliche to say, but like life is fucking short. Yeah, like it's so short. Just this morning, I woke up and there was a story of like a really popular bagel shop in Seattle, Tacoma, and. It's so sad. Like the the couple just started their business, like opened a shop selling bagels, and out of nowhere, you know, one of them got killed. Things like that happen. I mean, just a month ago, I photographed this other family. Like I don't do family photos. I don't advertise it. I do it, but I don't advertise it. Mom and dad, you know, started living their life. They bought a house. Dad was a triple board certified doctor. Usually, as a doctor, you get certified one thing or another. He was like an emergency doctor, but can also do anesthesia and then also do uh, surgery. Like he was doing three, and so he was opening like a clinic. They were in the middle of doing of that, all of that, and he passed away unexpectedly at like in the late thirties, which is oh not not old no. at all in the medical world. And now, you know, nobody was prepared for that. Nobody planned for that. But then, when when I keep seeing things like that, all of these dots just keep connecting in a way that make me realize stories are all around us. We can become the main character of our, our own story. Us as wedding photographers, when we photographed this wedding day, doesn't matter if it's in the elopement day or just like a wedding at a venue. The couple, the main, the bride and the groom, the groom and the groom, the bride and the bride, whoever the the married couple is, they are the main character of their story in this day. But don't forget that there's also people around them that have stories, it, especially when you think about an elopement and people who's like, oh, "I'm gonna fly somewhere. I have to really cut down my guest list, and I can only invite like maybe ten people because this national park doesn't allow anything more than that." To narrow down to ten people is not an easy process to invite these people. So the guests who get to show up on this day, they get to be the main character of their story as well. And if we have, we keep an eye out for those moments for their main character to really like shine. That's when you can create and capture photos that's so unique that can tell. Such emotional stories that if just from the naked eye, people might not have seen or, or just like ah whatever like this happened at every wedding. I don't need to take this photo. Yeah, it's such a good point because I think a lot of photographers end up. 
I mean, they start kind of self-centered and they're like, I want to do this business for me because I want to quit my nine to five or I want to take pretty photos and travel and stuff like that. And I think the longer you're in this business, you realize, yeah, it's not about me. It's about these people. And I'm they're welcoming me into their life just like I'm welcoming them into my life. And like, I feel like I've learned something from every one of my couples. I'm almost get like, are you teary eyed? Because I feel like a little teary eyed <laughs> just thinking about all the people that I've been able to work with and how amazing they are. And like, yeah, moving from veterinary medicine where I did emergency work and it was like the worst day of everyone's life. And I'm sure you dealt with a lot of those things in nursing. And now we get to be a part of the best day of so many people's lives and we get to document it and it's about them. We get to kind of like show the world these people through our interpretation of it, which is super cool. And like what you were saying too, like there's so much noise out there and really being an entrepreneur and finding your niche and who you are in any industry is a journey of self-discovery and looking inwards at who you are. And it's not about the trends and it's not about what Henry is doing and I want to be like Henry, you know, or like what so-and-so is doing and I want to be like him. It's really about finding yourself in this space and being true to that and not being wavered from what other people are doing and like really treating your clients and couples and families the way they deserve. Like, I think photography is like the most important job in the world. I've said this before, but I truly believe that because when life does end and it's so short, what we have left are the photos. And like what we do is some of the most important work. Yeah. And I I love that you you started with like, yeah, for sure. All of us started this thing is a little bit more self-centered. Like I 100%. I think back of when I picked up my cameras and start hiking and start taking photos, I think... I think I have evolved so much as a person, as an artist. So would brand new photographers come in into my space and ask for tips and advice? Like sometimes I have to really think about the journey of like what kind of tips and advice can I actually give? Because if I give them the tip and advice of where I'm at now, they might not be able to actually like connect with yeah. what I have to say, you know? And so I have to really reflect about back then when I first picked up that camera, when I first started that journey and booked my first elopement or my first destination elopement, what was that feeling like? And what was my mindset like in that moment versus now to actually like give tips that can actually be beneficial for people? Yeah, we're like kind of waxing poetic and all this kind of stuff. But like some photographers, they're still trying to learn how to shoot in manual or something like that, you know, or like they're still trying to figure out, you know, how to even plan an elopement or market or like even take a photo backlit at golden hour and stuff. So yeah, it's like, how do we give those folks like people ask me that all the time too? like, what's one piece of advice you could give me that'll help my business. And I'm like, I don't know how like, to answer that to question. Whole, <laughs> yeah. Listen to the podcast. Yeah. There's yeah. an episode for everything you're looking for. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know. I should just be like, listen to my podcast from start to finish. Because yeah, if we talk about mindset, we talk about strategy, like all of the things. And you really have to have a combo of all that stuff. So how is your story? I mean, you have done so many brave things, like coming over here as an immigrant at 15, going to nursing schools, brave, quitting nursing schools, brave, creating your own business. Like, how do you weave all of these parts of your story into your marketing and your brand? 
Yeah, yeah. I I love that you ask about the weaving your story into your marketing, your brand, because I think throughout everything that we do, and not just in the photography world, but honestly, everything all around us, storytelling is in everything. As in, it's not just about telling the story of the couple, but storytelling should be about representing who you are and and what you believe in and everything. I always love looking at this. Like you know, last year was the year of Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. right? Like we all know her story, but do we really though? Right? Like do we really know her story and the thing that she struggled with every day and the kind of emotion that she's not showing to the public? But I'm just bringing it up because. Her name was everywhere, and it became such a strong brand message about like if you listen to a Taylor Swift song, or you go to a Taylor Swift concert, these are the things that you can expect and you can kind of know. And so I think that's the way that I like for all of us photographers and、uh, you know small business owners to think about like when people think about your business, what do people think about? Like if there's a certain thing that you would like for people to think about, but you feel like people don't get that. So、then there's a disconnect, and where that disconnect is is mostly about us not truly able to share who we are. Back a little bit about who I am and all that too. I think in the beginning, it was really hard for me to instill storytelling into the brand that I built because I was actually living sort of like back in the closet. Like I came out as a gay man in college, and among friends, immediate family members, everybody kind of know who I am. Then I started working as a nurse, and I had to hide that part of myself in healthcare in a way because I work for a Catholic hospital. It's so funny that in the beginning they would not even give my husband health insurance, even though we were married in the state that was legal and all of that. And I was just like, maybe this is not the place for me to be 100% myself. But later on, things got better. And then when I started with my photography business, at first it was just a side business, right? Like I have my healthcare career; I don't need to quit my job. Like I have a stable income; I can just do this when I want to. And I remember this is early, early on. Like I probably had six hundred followers on Instagram, and I was like, "Woohoo!" Like I am out of that five hundred followers cap. I think I'm doing something. And、uh, I share a photo of my husband and I, and we are not very PDA. Like in in real life, when we walk around in a gay friendly neighborhood, when we know that it's safe and everything, we still don't hold hands. Yeah, it's just something that within us still hold us back. We don't feel sad about it. In the comfort of our own home, we'll be physical touch and everything. But when I remember just posting a photo of my husband and I holding hands, not nothing crazy, just holding hand with the mountain background in the back, and I remember sharing just like who we are. Immediately the next morning, I woke up and my followers count was like four hundred. Like I lost probably one third of whatever the math is. That makes me so mad. I wasn't mad at that moment. I was more like scared. The honest emotion at that time was. If I really want to start taking photos and reach out to as many people as possible, and I keep losing followers like this, how am I going to able to do anything with this? Yeah. And so that scared feeling become action, such as I no longer post photo of my husband and I, and I still take photos of people, so post photos of people. But I never talk about myself or what I believe in or anything like that because I I kept being afraid、yeah. that 
things might not go well if I show people my true colors. Oh yeah, and it held me back for so long. Like it honestly prevented me from so many things. And it at one point, it, I think I just looked back and like, oh my gosh! Like so, when I first started photography, that was 2018, like 17, 18. We eloped in 2014, which is about four years before I became a photographer. Yeah. And I, I just look back and remember. Remember how when I send that inquiry to photographers, I have to include in the question like, "We are a gay couple. Are you okay with photographing us?" And now that I am a photographer, do I want my future clients to send an email that say something like that? That they have to say something about themselves and asking for permission. And along with that, on the news, there was a lot of things on the news about gay rights at that time too. And something in me was just so mad. Being afraid, feeling become more like mad now. Yeah, be, become like I'm like angry that. That like I am a person that in the community in a queer community, and I'm not supporting my own community. That people know that there's a welcome space for them. I need to do something about this. So I think that's when I started telling my own stories through my branding. Because in beginning, in the beginning, I was scared too. I was like, "Hey, this is not about me. This business is not about me. It's about the couple. Why should I be talking about myself?" Yeah. But the thing is, you know, in this. Day and age, and in this world, people really want to know, like who they can connect with in order to spend their money. They can look at two different photographers, and the photos are exactly the same. What can be that factor that make one photographer appear more appealing than the other? And I think that's when the story started coming in. I, I started basically sharing about who I am on social media. I talk about me more. And I notice every time I I post a photo of a gay couple, a same-sex lesbian couple, I would start losing followers. But then the engagement that I get on those posts might be more than yeah. the amount of followers that I lose. So because I, I I don't get the amount of followers anymore, but the kind of stay and follow me become my quality followers. Mm-hmm. They're the one that not just. Comment on my photos, but also reach out on DM when you know when I share something so personal, when I don't feel good, when things don't go right. When I got sick last no, not this November, but the November before, I was in the hospital, and the amount of people send DMs and send flowers to my house. That's the kind of community that I started building now, starting like talking about my brand and my voice and who I am, what I really believe in. In this world now, like you can't be. You can be a photographer for everybody, but that doesn't mean you will become one for everybody. Yeah. The thing about art is that you can post about who you are, what you believe in, the kind of photos that you share. But it's totally okay that not everybody is going to book you, or yes. not everybody is going to like what you have to say. But the kind of people that do like what you have to say and what you have to share. That's the kind of people that will stay, yeah. and that's the power of storytelling. I, I I do believe that because not everybody is a fan of Taylor Swift, but the one who like invests in her story, they're like crazy fan. They're like fan girls. They they will, you know, the U.S. economy got better because of the concert. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's the power of the the connecting to someone's story. Yeah, and I, if if anyone unfollows you because you're posting photos of you and your husband, like good riddance. Like, do I need that follower? You yeah, <laughs> you don't need that kind of person in your life for sure. But when you're first starting your business, that is very scary. And I mean, my story is not 
anywhere near as like personal as yours. But like, I remember I hid the fact that I was a veterinarian for a long time because I thought that that kind of discredited me as an artist that I'm also like a doctor, you know, like that's just weird. And then when I got when my marriage, like my previous marriage was doing poorly and I got divorced and stuff, like I didn't want anybody to know because I'm a wedding photographer. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't share that I got divorced and that I was in a bad marriage, you know? So like you hide all these things about yourself, but it's those things that actually help people connect with you and DM you and like form friendships with you and stuff like that. And the more like you figure out that you're like not boring and you are actually like, an interesting quirky person and you can relate to people on many different levels and they feel safe DMing you and hiring you and welcoming you into their life. That's the best feeling. You don't want to hide, hide yourself or pretend you're someone you're not in entrepreneurship in general. I think we all want better connections with more real, genuine, authentic people who aren't afraid to be themselves. But that I do feel like that comes with time and age and confidence and stuff like that. And I also didn't know who I was for a while. Like, I don't know if you experienced this working in healthcare, but you kind of play this role. And like, so when I quit it, and then I had to like, continue building my business, I was like, who am I? What's my personality like when I'm not totally run down and filled with anxiety because I euthanized 12 animals last night or something like who am I so it is like a journey of self discovery is what I always tell my coaching students you have to figure out who you are (laughs) yeah 100% when I do mentorships too a lot of time I feel like is this a therapy session you know (laughs) truly because I think it knowing that it's okay not to know I think that's the one thing that that people need to know too is once in a while till this day till right now I sit down, look at my photos and be like, I have an identity crisis. I would look at someone's photo and be like, I want to edit like that. I wish that was my photos. This past year, I was the judge for Junebug's wedding's best wedding photo. That was a whole experience on its own. Because me sitting there looking looking at 10,000 photos and from photographers all over the world, it made me feel so many emotion. It made me feel like at one point, and this is maybe depends on the amount of food or coffee I have on that day when I look at these photos. One day I look at these photos and be like, oh my gosh, like these photographers are phenomenal. I'm so jealous and envious that these photos are not mine. And I think it's so common that as artists, like it's okay to not know who you are. It's okay to have your style your change. Uh, it's It's okay to grow. I think people feel like growth sort of stop happening when you either graduate from school or you have a career that you've been doing it for like three years now. So you know the ins and the outs of how to run this business and you stop growing. I think growing happens all the time. I think that's the one thing that people need to remember that there's no one out there. The photographers that you're looking up to right now, he or she or they are not sitting at home and like, I'm the kings and the queens of the world and I don't need to do anything. That business has come towards me and that I'm good. I think that the photographers that you look up to, you look up to them for a reason. There's a reason why they inspire you. And the reason why they keep inspiring you and you're not bored of them is because they constantly learn about themselves and constantly evolve. And and, then I think keep that in mind so that you don't have to feel like, why is everybody like aware of who they are and I'm not, if if that you feel that way. 
That's such a good point. And I do think even like circling back to, you know, like photographing couples at the same places or venues over and over again, you can either get bored with that or you can use that as a way to grow and be like me shooting at the Canyon Overlook in Zion. I've done that like a hundred times or something. So it's almost like I can either just go through my muscle memory and like, just like go through a checklist, or I can take that opportunity to really notice the little things that I'd never noticed before when I was focused too much on like my camera settings or the sun rising or something like back in the day when I was still struggling with certain things. Now I'm like, I have a good workflow, but like now I can like really focused in on like how the groom is like touching her or like we can like put down the camera and talk a little bit more or I can like see the light differently or use a different little spot in the canyon that I've never used before. It's like you can use these situations to grow and experiment and become even better at your craft because it's a place you've shot so many times and because you're not thinking about so many other things. And that's kind of like the trajectory, this job and just entrepreneurship in general just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. You can really just learn more and more about yourself and your craft and your industry as you're like getting better at certain things. If you're still trying to figure out how to shoot manual, a lot of other things are going to be even more difficult and you're not going to be at this level yet. But as soon as you start getting better and better at certain things like marketing and SEO and like all these other things kind of are easy for you now, then you get to the really deep stuff, which is what I've enjoyed the most. I really feel like getting deep is the coolest. Yeah, 100%. So what are some of your tips and tricks for really getting to know your couples so that you can tell their story really well through photography? Yeah, for sure. I I really like this question because I think every couple is so different. And I think one one thing that people listen to podcasts or just read a quick thing about storytelling and, and everybody's like, you have to know your couple in order to like take their photos. And then you're like, how, how do I do this? And I think people need to remember that personality wise, just because who you are as a person and advertise yourself as a business doesn't mean you only attract the kind of clients that have the same personality as you. So for example, if you're very bubbly, outgoing, and extrovert, doesn't mean your couples, your clients are always that way. Just because you're an introvert, quieter, soft-spoken, doesn't mean your clients are the same way. And I think one quick thing I do right away is on my inquiry form, which is can be a little bit longer for business and marketing-wise. Some people might not agree with what I ask in my inquiry form mm-hmm. because I, I ask some questions to sort of make couple engage so an open-ended question just so that they can describe their vision their relationship a bit better so I can get sort of read and understand what are they like like this is me generalizing an assumption here like just are they going to talk a lot on this initial phone call are they going to be quieter And then on this phone call, I I really pay attention to their body language and what they share with me as well. And we just have to remember that people are like onions. We all have layers. And the first phone call that you get to know the couple might not be the best place for you to ask about the dark, deep secret, the how did you fall in love? How did you know the first time that she is the one or he is the one for you? Part of what makes a relationship so strong is not just the good time, but the hard times. A couple that can survive a hard time together would be the couple that be in it for a long time. And 
this initial phone call would not be where I'm going to be asking the questions. And so part of my relationship building with each couple is the initial phone call. I keep it very casual, just sort of enough time for them to teach people to understand what elopement is about when they book me, when they work with me. But getting to know the couple starts after that, when we actually spend time on on uh, getting to know each other. Personally, I follow all of my clients on social media, just sort of pay attention to what they post. If they post a photo together, what are the poses that they go to together? Are they holding hand, you know, their faces, the distance between them and each other? Uh, I, I look at stuff like that. I try to make um, more opportunities for the clients and I to get on phone calls as much as I can. Sometimes some couple prefer emailing just throughout the planning process of like, hey, where should we do this Airbnb permit timeline? Whatever people feel the most comfortable, I usually go with that. But if I could have a chance to get on a phone call, I always jump at that opportunity because I do feel like the second time you jump on a phone call with the client, the third time, the fourth time, that's when each time you talk to your, your clients, people feel more comfortable with you and they can relax and, and just share with you some of the stories that might not have been appropriate to share on the very first phone call. Totally. Uh, one of the one that I, like, for example, one of the elopements that I photographed, I learned that the couple was long distance for like the first couple of years of their relationship because of jobs. And one thing that they did was instead of just texting and calling, they did handwritten letters to each other. When I learned about that, I was like, this is really cool. This is very you. This is very unique. What do you feel like if we bring maybe just two or three letters of, of those very fresh in your relationship and the feeling that you wrote in these letters? And when we go on your elopement day during sunset, doing album glow, you just sit down in front of the mountain and just reread those letters to each other. I'll leave you some space alone so that you could be with each other and I'm not in your space. And they read their letters and they started crying <laughs> and just sort of remember like why we are here today. And I think those activities can really help people remember the ups and the downs, the thing that make a relationship stronger. And without getting on those phone calls, without communicating more and more with clients, I, I would not have known about that letters writing part. Same with another couple earlier, just this last year on a follow-up phone call, the bride told me that she was so sick of her job and that she quit her job and she wanted to become a tattoo artist and she's learning. And I'm like, what do you think about tattooing him on the elopement day? <laughs> And so, so that cool. morning, getting ready photos, we plan on a small tattoo, but something small that doesn't need to be a lot of shading or time, and that we can also clean and put a thing over so that he's able to do the hike later in the day. And those getting ready photos are something so unique and different from the typical photos I've done before, even though it's still getting ready, it's still detailed, it's still the time that they're together. But now it becoming something so meaningful and different that she tattooed the husband about the place that they're getting married today. Like it's just those stories that like really make a difference. And when I get to do something like this, I get to share with the future clients so that they know that there's space to be creative here. Yeah. That getting ready photos doesn't mean the kind that I saw in my cousin's wedding album 
10 years ago that everybody is smoking cigar or drinking champagne <laughs> yeah. in the room. Yeah. That getting ready can be so much more or not just getting ready, but first look, like think about that. So that's my my way of trying to know the couple and try to do something different and unique. Yeah. And that's so great. And you're just, you're literally just recommending activities for them to do that is very representative of them and their relationship. And then you're documenting it in a beautiful way. And I think that's a lot of what comes down to storytelling. Like, can you really tell someone's story in just a couple hours of photographing their ceremony and a couple portraits at golden hour? Not so much. It's really about kind of educating and showing your couples what their day could look like that's very unique to them. And I think that's key. And like having enough time throughout the day to include those kinds of things. Well, this was a really great talk. I was getting kind of emotional during parts of it. And I'm just so glad that we were able to spend this time together and that I could have you on the podcast. And we still are just so amazed with our elopement and the photos and the moments you captured. And it's just the best day ever. And I'm just so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being with us, Henry. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. I cannot wait to listen yeah. to this episode and the rest uh, and all of the episodes, of course. Oh, you're so sweet. And where can people find you if if they're not already following you, which I feel like most people who follow my podcast probably are, but where can they find you? Yes, I am at Henry's Diary all across social media, but usually I just post on Instagram. My TikTok is very, I just post random things on there, mostly personal stuff. But for more of my photography work, just on Instagram at Henry's Diary on my website, henry-2.com. And that's T-I-E-U. That's my last name. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Stoked with Megan McPhail. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend. If you're looking for more inspiring content, check us out on Instagram at Stoked with Megan McPhail. And to learn more about my business coaching and how I can personally help you quit your nine to five, visit my website at meganmcphail.com. I hope this leaves you feeling stoked. See you next week.